This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, episode 237, E3 2017. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. Strangers and aliens. I am your father's best friend's plumber. versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Welcome back to Strangers and Aliens a podcast about science fiction, fantasy, faith, and imagination. I am one of your hosts, Evan David, and I'm not here alone. I'm also here with my trusty co-host, Steve McDonald. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? And a trusty guest host. Sir, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, absolutely. I don't know how trusted I am. Uh, this is uh, Dana Timmerman. <laughs> and Dana Timmerman, he has been with us before. Uh, if you've listened in the past to our video game-centric episodes, he has guest starred, I think, twice? Twice now? I believe so, yeah. yeah. I think twice. so, yeah. As, as Lucas Timmerman. For some reason, I call him Lucas. I have no idea why. Uh, most people do. It's a DL Timmerman. I, I go by Lucas, by Dana. People call me Donna, Diana, and everything else in between. <laughs> so, so which would you like Donut. to be your persona on the podcast? Uh, I guess you can just call me uh, Lucas. Why All not? right. Lucas, it's easier to pronounce. Okay. <laughs> Lucas. We'll do that then. This is Lucas Timmerman, <laughs> who's been on the podcast <laughs> twice before. And uh, if you haven't caught on yet, we are, if, you know, if the title of the episode didn't tip you off, we're talking about video games this week, and it's the 2017 E3 conference, and that's the Entertainment. No, the Electronic Entertainment Expo, which is the big video game conference of the year where they premiere all their new technology and the new games that are coming out. Uh, and we had covered this last year, and we're covering it this year, and I think we'll try to cover it every year until you all, the listeners, tell us to stop. <laughs> stop! Please stop! I, <laughs> SOS. I don't know if that was a listener or not. I thought I heard something, but... <laughs> That would be kind well, of technically, weird. I do listen to the show. I don't, I don't yeah, know. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so um, if you're not a video game person, uh, I, you know, I'd encourage you to stick around anyway because a lot of this stuff is going to uh, intersect, I think, with your interests. And lots of good sci-fi games this year, lots of good fantasy games, and lots of good like licensed games like superheroes that you might be familiar with. So uh, if you're into any of that, stick around, see what's coming. Uh, if you're not and you still want to leave, we can't stop you. So goodbye. Yeah, it's not going to work. But 
I'd encourage you to stick around. I think it's going to be a fun. It's going to be a fun conversation. So, uh, there. The main focus that we're going to have uh, is are the uh, press conferences that uh, the different studio are the studios, the different developers put on it. And would you call that a press conference, Lucas? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I absolutely would. Yeah. They're like big pre-rehearsed. Like yeah, they're like big pre-rehearsed shows that the developers do for all the fans and they they have a lot of build up and they, you know, like to draw things out and with some suspense and then they announce their new games and whatnot. So, uh the developers we're going to go through are Microsoft, EA, uh Sony, which does PlayStation, Nintendo, of course, Ubisoft, all that good stuff. So we're just going to start with the first one. Was the first was the first one Bethesda? Oh no, the first one was uh, EA actually on yeah. Saturday. Okay, well let's start there. And Steve, Steve is here as your voice, listeners. If you are not a big video game person, neither is Steve, and he admits that. Right. So, um, I'm sort of the devil's advocate, although I'm not like the devil, or actually the devil's advocate. I'm just it's a it's a phrase. It's it's a it's a thing. Just look it up. It, it's not. It doesn't. It's it doesn't mean as bad a thing as it sounds. Yes, we believe you. <laughs> of course, yes. Of course, isn't that what the devil would say? Oh, anyway. Yes. So yes, we'll start with EA, and Steve's going to be here to ask us questions in case we get a little too jargony. Here with the video game jargon. So, right. oh, and and I don't have all of the games listed out or the announcements that they made listed out. I just wrote down in my notes the ones that stood out to me that I was really interested in. And uh, it, it could be interesting because there was a lot of stuff that I was not interested in this year. So I'm anxious to see <laughs> what uh, you found interesting, Lucas. So let's let's start with you. What did you find? What piqued your interest here, or what disappointed you here? With the EA uh, conference. Well, to be honest, I think the EA conference was the weakest out of all the conferences at, at uh, E3. Um, it was strange having a Saturday conference. Uh, not just a couple years ago, it was always Monday. And then Basada, um, they uh, moved their conference to uh, Saturday or to Sunday. And now Microsoft moved theirs to Sunday. So then EA is like, we'll do ours on Saturday. It's like, okay. Uh, kind of like the thing they're doing with the Black Friday and we keep moving it earlier and earlier but um ea was what they had some they had some cool games um at the time they showed off actually what would become my game of the show uh anthem but at the ea conference we only got this little teaser trailer and it didn't show really anything and i was kind of like okay that was really strange uh, but then we got more of that at the uh more of it at the, at the microsoft conference okay so we'll talk is, about that at the microsoft yeah yeah um the uh the highlight for me of the ea a conference was definitely Star Wars Battlefront 2. I really enjoyed it. It it just it was Star Wars. I felt like I was watching a Star Wars movie. Yep. And I was like, dude, put me in there. I want my lightsaber and give me an X-wing. Let's do this. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> Steve, did you see the trailer for this? No. Okay. I did not. Everybody go and watch the trailer for this because in the trailer that they revealed this time was the multiplayer trailer, which looks like a more of a return to form to the original Battlefront games. Yes, which were awesome, super great yeah. games. Mm-hmm. Um, I I played both of them through my adolescence, and I pull them out from time to time to play them now uh, as an adult <laughs> uh, with my PS2. I pull that out of the closet sometimes, um, but this just looks incredible. And if you don't know, listeners, the first Battlefront 
I mean, when before it came out, oh, the first new Battlefront. So, originally, there's Star Wars Battlefront and Star Wars Battlefront 2, which was released in the 2000s, and now we have Star Wars Battlefront and Star Wars Battlefront 2 that are being released in the 2010s, and it's not confusing at all. Uh, but the first, <laughs> the, the first one, uh, 2010 Battlefront uh, was is the most graphically beautiful Star Wars game that's ever been created. Um, just looking at the stages or the the maps that you get to play on, it's it's like photorealistic renderings of the actual uh, sets and locations from the original trilogy. And everybody was so psyched about it, and then they released it, and it was destroyed by critics for several reasons. And it looks like they are addressing every problem that uh, critics and fans alike had with the first one here in the second one. Yes. I, I uh, Yeah, it, it looked... It was just beautiful. The game was awesome. <laughs> it was it was it was incredible. Uh, I like the fact that you know the big thing with the first game, it just was so bare bones. Yeah. Um, it was. It just felt. I mean, fans you had Battlefront two back in the day, loved it. It was incredible. And then pretty much everything we loved about that game was stripped out for Battlefront one. And it was like it was a major letdown. Dice is the one making uh, Battlefront two and made Battlefront one, and they, meet, they also make Battlefield. And they did such a great job with Battlefield, especially uh, Battlefield One, which was a re- basically a, a reenacting of uh, World War One, which is actually a very great story. It's a very good game, but when Battlefront came out, it looked beautiful. It just was empty. It, it's just like, well, what is this, you know? But uh, Battlefront Two looks like it fixes all those problems. It gives you all the vehicles, the the chaotic just excitement of Star Wars, the fun of Star Wars, the action of Star Wars. Uh, everything from the the laser fights and the and the, the space battles and and just everything it was it was a blast to watch it was it was really fun watching Darth Maul roll over the place and flip this way and flip that way and Han Solo running out and and uh, throwing a, a grenade everywhere and, and it even had classic lines classic lines from all the characters I thought it was great it looked awesome yeah and you're talking about the first Battlefront being bare bones. Uh, that mm-hmm. is, unless you paid an extra fifty dollars mm-hmm. on top of the sixty dollars you've already paid for the game. Horrible to get the downloadable content, which all costs money. Uh, <laughs> and so now with this new one, it also will have downloadable content, but it all will be free. Nice, oh, man. No one, no one can <laughs> say that these guys don't listen to the fans. So it's great. These guys don't listen to the fans. Well, <laughs> I've been proven wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Unless, of course, I'm no one, which in case, well, if, if that were not. the case, then <laughs> who knows? Maybe, maybe I should have said no one can truthfully say that these guys don't listen to the fans. So you're calling me a liar. Okay, um, that's good. Wow, I love this show. This we're just misinformed. So just, you know, I don't know. Uh, I think wow. someone's a Star Trek fan over there. No, <laughs> Here's the coolest thing about this game for me. They're putting a story mode in. Which the the new Battlefront one did not have it. The old Battlefront two did have it. The new Battlefront two, their story is going to be canon. Yes. Which is brand new, and it will bridge the gap between episode six and episode seven. Yes. So, listeners, if that piques your interest, even if you're not a video game fan, I mean, that's pretty cool. Uh, It's in. Go ahead. I was just going to say uh, what's really cool about this story for the first time ever, you're actually playing from the viewpoint of the Empire. And you're playing from the viewpoint of the Empire soldiers who just lost their emperor. And 
you're seeing now a completely different side of the rebellion that we really haven't seen much in the movies, obviously, or in video games. To see the this broken empire that's fallen apart, they really they really looked at the emperor as being this great leader, as someone who brought peace. That was their viewpoint, and now to see all that fall fall apart, to to basically they look at the at the Jedi and the rebellion as terrorists, and so to kind of see the other side, the other viewpoint of that, and to kind of bridge that gap to show the humanity behind the enemy in a sense. Is going to be kind of interesting. It's it's going to be tough to do. I'm I'm kind of curious how they're going to pull it off, but um, definitely some interesting material to tackle. Uh, pretty pretty bold actually for for a game that didn't have a story in the first one. <laughs> yeah, and if you're a Star Wars extended canon uh, fan, uh, even just in the trailer there, you already see them bringing in elements from the canon comic books, uh, and so it's it's really cool how the the new Lucasfilm uh, Disney partnership team is just really keeping everything solid across the board as far as any new Star Wars content. It's all lining up pretty much seamlessly. So very, very cool. And uh, did you did you play through the story mode in the in the original Battlefront 2, Lucas? I did, yes. Yeah. Because that was cool too, because that was from the yes. perspective of a clone trooper in the I 501st sure. Legion, and it's they they're fighting for the Republic and then you transition from fighting for the for the Republic for fighting for the Emperor and it's the same you know it's the same guy in the same mindset oh, so that was cool. that was really neat um, oh, cool. yeah. okay so nothing else about the EA conference um, no actually there are a couple things um, I really like the game called a way out yeah uh, which looked like a prison break game um, it's risky it's risky risky because it's pretty much co-op only you have to have two players playing the game but I loved it I thought it was awesome and I think the whole concept is incredible. Yeah, and it's designed to be a like two people on the same couch, two yes. players, which is big in today's gaming day and age. Uh, but I mean, the it's like so one of you is uh, you know distracting the guard while the other one is smuggling something behind the guard's back. You know, so it's teamwork throughout the whole game, and it's base <laughs> yeah. it's basically looks like it's going to be like a six hour movie, but where you control the characters. Like, this isn't a Mario platforming jump game. This is, like, an in-depth, character-developing, epic story. Um, Fugitive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would love I would love to play it. I don't... My gut says I'm not going to be able to because I'm assuming the language is just going to be terrible. <laughs> yeah, and, that's my fear sometimes. Yeah. And pervasive. So I might have to sit that one out, but it looks really cool. And if that's not the case, I would love to play it. Yeah, same here. The problem would be finding someone to play it with. Yeah, and that that's the, that's the big risky move is can we you find someone to play with? But I like that they're taking risks though. It's it's pretty cool to see them take risks and to try to build games that are different, new mechanics, something different, something new. Um, like I said, I mean, especially when they got out of the prison, they're running and or they're flooring it when they're in the the police squad car trying to get away. It just reminded me like of Prison Break or The Fugitive. Uh, I just thought it was it was pretty cool, very exciting. Um, it should be a blast. I, I don't know about the language yet or anything like that, but um, just from what I saw from the trailer, it looked really good. Yeah, go, guys, go check out these trailers because I, I think you're going to be impressed with uh, if you don't follow video games, how cool they they can do stuff. Um, that was that was it for me for EA. I mean, because the rest was like sports games, and I I checked out. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a big you know I, I'm a big Madden fan, or at least I'm a big football fan. I'm necessarily a Madden fan, but even Madden, uh, I have yet to see. I'm still trying to find some Madden 18 gameplay. They only showed a uh, story trailer. I was like, okay, that's cool, I guess, but kind of want to see because apparently Madden is now on a brand new engine, the Frostbite engine. So I kind of wanted to see what that looked like if if they've actually improved the game finally. Um, didn't see any of that, so uh, it was definitely disappointing. And I'm, I'm not really big on any of the sports games. Um, and again, like I said, they showed um, they showed Anthem, but the Anthem trailer during the teaser trailer just was not impressive during the EA conference. And for the most part, EA was kind of disappointing. It's just weird, awkward, boring. Yeah, I, it, for me, throughout the conference in all the different uh, developers, you know, press conferences. It just seems like, and I think I said this last year too, there's so much of the same thing. Like, oh, mm. great, another post-apocalyptic game. What a shock. Yeah. Oh, and more zombies. Oh, more monsters. And, mm-hmm. you know, so everything's like a post-apocalyptic game. Uh, and I think the reason that is is because, one, you can make you can make these beautifully crafted uh, environments. But they have to be abandoned because it takes a lot more processing power if they're populated, you know, mm-hmm. with lots of other non-playable characters or whatever. So, I mean, I think it's a that's a pretty easy way to go if you're a game yeah. developer, from my layman's perspective. Um, yeah. But yeah, there was just like every time the screen faded to black and another trailer came up, like half of them were another. It's post-apocalypse. You're a guy in a gas mask and there's spiders or zombies or something. And just again and again and again. So yeah, go ahead for me. There's just, you know, it gets stale. You have, if you're going to do a post-apocalyptic game, it's gotta be really interesting. Um, even, even Anthem for me, as cool as some of the stuff was, it's like, ah, Seems like it's more the same, but we'll get to that. Um, was the next one Bethesda or was it uh, Microsoft? It was Microsoft. Okay, so Microsoft is that's uh, one of the systems I own. I, I own I only own an Xbox One and a uh, and a Nintendo Wii U. So I was paying attention to the Microsoft one. What stood out to you, Lucas? Microsoft, um, honestly, uh, I would give them some credit that it was definitely uh um they showed a lot of games they showed 42 games which was insane yeah um i've never seen a conference to show that many games before um the thing that hit me the biggest disappointment of the whole conference was they didn't show like this big massive triple a juggernaut you know yeah uh we didn't see a halo we didn't see a brand new ip that was just just took your breath away kind of thing but they showed some good games, though. They actually showed a lot of creative games. Um, games like, uh, well, one of their quote-unquote AAA games they showed was Sea of Thieves, which in the trailer didn't look quite so fun, but as I watched more gameplay of it later on, it's actually a really good game. It looks like a blast. Yeah. You get to be a pirate. Um, it looks great, honestly. We talked about this one in, in our last year's episode because they premiered it there, I think. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you get on with your friends online, and, like, one of you – helms the ship and the other one mans the cannons and the other one's in the crow's nest you know and uh i mean you could free roam get out of the ship die for treasure land on an island run into other people's ships who are all other players so you can sink their ship and make them have to swim <laughs> so and get eaten by sharks so <laughs> yep 
It's pretty Sounds cool. Like fun. Yeah, that's, that's one that stood out to me. I, I feel like that'd be super fun to play with uh, some other people. Um, some other games in that conference. Um, there's a game called Ashen. It was uh, more of an indie game. It was uh, kind of like a, a, a very unique art style, very clay-like. And uh, it had somewhat of a, a Dark Souls theme. Um, but it was, it was more of a, yeah, sorry. Uh, it was more of a special guest star. Uh, yeah, special it. guest star. <laughs> it, it was more of a, this co-op experience. It, it looked kind of fun. It's obviously not a big budget game. So it's a much smaller, more arcade like game, but it definitely looked like a lot of fun. Cool. One of the, um, arcade games that I saw that looked cool was, uh, the last night. Did you remember seeing that? Uh, kind of. It's like a so it's like a side-scrolling, uh, old-fashioned style game, but it's uh, the guy and everything is pixelated, but it's it's also rendered in like super HD and uh, real lighting. It's it's a very unique art style for the game. So oh, that's cool. which I it was really stood out to me. It looked really cool and fun to play. Another one was uh, the Cuphead game. Oh, yes. Yeah, I did like that game. That, that is good. super cool. Where the whole thing, yeah. is, the art style is you're seamlessly playing in <laughs> a 1928 cartoon. Yeah, it's really <laughs> cool. Awesome. It's really cool. It's really cool. <laughs> so, like, if you were just watching it on the screen and you didn't know it was a video game, you I don't think you'd be able to tell that you weren't watching no. <laughs> a 1928 cartoon. So it looks super cool. Uh, just the What's art it called style. again? It's called Cuphead. C-P-Head. Cuphead. Cuphead. Yeah. Head. It's fun. Is it, it looks... who's, who's it by? Is it by Disney or something like that? No, or? I think it's just by an uh, independent uh, company. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's cool. It looks super cool. Yeah. It um, looks like a, a lot of fun. Let's see here. Um, I guess the other game I should talk about in this one would be um, the big the big reveal. Of the, well, there's two big reveals. They had the Froza, which, Forza. I mean, look. Yeah, for, yeah Forza. It looked fantastic. Um, I'm not a big race car game guy, so but I mean they were showing off their new system, yeah. the the Xbox One X, which it definitely has a lot of power. Um, the price point's kind of high. Uh, I, still not quite sure who it's for. At 500 bucks, um, when you can get a PS4 Pro, obviously not as powerful, but you get one of those for only 400 bucks, or you know, I, I don't I know. I think it's, it's for just, rich people. Uh, who? <laughs> I mean, when you get to that price point, you're starting to think about PC gaming. I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, well, it's 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 really only for the people who just can't live without the highest of the high quality visual, you know, yeah, so. content. Because there's there's other than that, there's no reason not to just get a regular Xbox One. I mean, unless you just have yeah. to have that, you know, 4K, 60 frames per second every second of your game, you know. Yeah, I don't need. Yeah, that. <laughs> um, I thought Metro Exodus looked looked okay. Um, Post apocalyptic. You know, yeah, <laughs> it, it looked kind of scripted too. Some I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't think I would. I don't know. It's not really a game that really got my attention too much. Um, really, I think the highlight. I mean, they just showed so many games so fast. A lot of imagination and creativity with all of those in, indie games. Um, but again, um, especially when they're coming out with this really beast of a system which by the way they spent a lot of time focused on resolution and i don't think enough time focused like on frame rate and and performance hmm. which i think is kind of a downside i thought 
Um, but I mean, they have this big system. But you know, here, spend five hundred bucks. Well, what does it play? What, what's this new game that I have for it that will play on it? And they didn't really give me that, you know, to really make it worth dropping a whole lot of money, which I'm not really. Uh, <laughs> they didn't convince me. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> and um, and and uh, but you know, uh, maybe something comes out later on, and, and uh, they uh, resettle that price or something like that. I don't know. Well, here's something. But uh, cool. other than that, though. Yeah. Here's something cool that stood out to me, that, and it's why I love uh, Xbox. Um, their backwards compatibility. Yes. Right? So uh, when Xbox One first came out, you couldn't play your old 360 games or anything on it, just Xbox One. Now you can play tons of Xbox 360 games, and now you can even play original Xbox games on it, which is super cool. Nice. And in fact, I have, uh, they're not even counting Xbox or Xbox 360, I have Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for Sega Genesis on it on mine and i'm still trying to beat it i've been trying to beat it since i was five is that legal i'm not there yet yes it is legal and uh wow. I better be i paid five bucks for it <laughs> <laughs> so to fulfill my childhood quest to defeat dr robotnik um were you and gonna- uh, the other thing too is that um which i thought was really cool what see this is one cool thing about the xbox one x it will um, automatically scale all those games, even the Xbox One games, the original Xbox games. And uh, obviously, just the way they're built, they're not going to look like a 4K, like a true 4K game. But it will give some <clears throat> graphic increase and a little bit of performance increase to some of those older games, which I think is really cool. You just you yeah. pop it in and boom, automatically does it, which I think that's kind of a, it is a plus side right there. Yeah. Uh, were you going to talk about your other tentpole game? Yes, then they showed off Anthem. That's actually how they ended the conference, which um, I, I liked it and uh, uh, for several reasons. Um, and, of course, Drew, the guy who wrote uh, Mass Effect 1 and Mass Effect 2, is back with Bioware writing the story. That was a major selling point for me. Those are your favorite but, games, uh, right? Oh, yeah. They're definitely some of my very favorite games um, and just one of the best sci-fi series that I've ever enjoyed, but uh, the original trilogy. Um, and to see the action of the game looked really cool. It definitely was... It was post-apocalyptic, I guess, in a sense, but it wasn't like barren wasteland. It was... No, there's rich forests. It looked like aliens were inhabiting the outside and strange creatures had formed and humanity was hidden behind walls. Um, The thing I love about Bioware games, they are known for having very rich characters and really good stories. So to bring that into now a multiplayer-like experience, um, I mean, yeah, there's definitely some worries because it's not a game that they're known for. You know, they're known for single-player experiences. So there's definitely some worries there if they can pull this off. But from what I saw, it looked really good. It, it, It reminded me kind of like an Iron Man with a Titanfall you can kind of take your mech, your Iron Man-like suit, and just customize it however you want. Um, you can go out and explore in the world and go on these quests, these little short story-like quests. Um, and it had that Destiny kind of vibe, although I'm not a big fan of Destiny. So, um, But it, if Bioware can blend the action and, um, and the gameplay and get that gameplay right in a multiplayer experience and put in their storytelling and craft really interesting characters they might have a really killer app on their hands now can they do that i do not know i no one could sit down with the game we, we only saw a gameplay trailer in a sense but we is this going to be downgraded is this going to actually play like this on the day that you know we open it up in the box at home i don't know 
but um, from what I saw, it was exciting. It did feel a bit fresh. Um, it's, the Iron Man suits were killer. I, I'm a big, you know, I, I love the Marvel movies, so maybe that's why <laughs> I saw the Iron Man. Yes, and Iron, Marvel uh, has know. movies now. I, I know, right? <laughs> you guys, you guys got to keep me up on this stuff. We'll try. <laughs> Do your best. <laughs> so I know that 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 stood out to me, um, especially, of course. Okay, this scene at the end of the video where he does it's right straight from iron man one the movie where he hits everybody with the rockets the missiles in the back yeah that was, <laughs> that was awesome cool. that was kind of cool <laughs> so we'll see we'll see it's it's not like like last year i saw some games at last c3 where we're just like whoa that's amazing it wasn't quite like that but it was like oh okay that's, that's pretty cool i think there's some potential there that looks really good okay and really that's probably my feeling on e3 2017 there was some cool stuff there but Nothing that really blew my mind at all, you know. Um, there's some great stuff here and there, but like nothing uh, that was just so extra extraordinary that I just flipped out or anything like that. But you know, it, it was good. I liked Anthem. It is is definitely my game of the show. It, it was it was pretty cool. Cool. There's two other ones that I wanted to talk about briefly. One was Assassin's Creed Origins. Um, mm. Have you played the through any of the Assassin's Creed games? Yeah, I, I love the, the first one and the second one in Brotherhood. Um, I played Assassin's Creed 3, and I could not get through it. It, was, it bored me, and uh, I, okay. I guess I just got mechanics, so I haven't played since. Well, one thing, you know, I played through the first one and the second one. Uh, I had to quit. Uh, one was just because of language, and two, the entire underlying theme of all of the games is that there is no god. Mm. You know, so I was like, eh, I don't think I want to support this. Um, but the locales from the game are incredible. They are yeah. so cool. And that's what hooked me on the first one because in the first one, you're in uh, the Crusades and you're in Jerusalem and Damascus and some other places. And they've like recreated the cities as they were. And, uh, I mean, in the other ones, you go to, uh, you know, Italy, uh, I think it's Venice. You go to um, the Revolutionary War, uh, the Caribbean during the Pirates' times. And in this one, they've taken you back to ancient Egypt. And, you know, I'm probably not going to play the game, but just seeing the, the renders of and being able to walk around in, like, a pretty realistic recreation of ancient Egypt, super cool. Yeah, that sounds nice. Yeah, actually, that game did look really good. Yeah. Um, I'm just very suspect over, um, you know, Ubisoft. Him, the thing with them is um, their games just seem to follow the same formula. A lot of them do. Hmm. Uh, Far Cry, Assassin's Creed. I'm hoping that they bring something fresh to the table with, with in terms of gameplay mechanics and whatnot. Um, if they can, it, I mean, it looked good. Don't get me wrong. I, I actually liked the setting of ancient Egypt. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I'm hoping they're bringing something fresh. We'll see later on if they can polish it up and, and do that. But um, as of right now, it, it, you know, it, it made it my list of kind of okay. I'll check back on this, see if it's any good. But um, it, it just definitely very um, uh, hesitant to uh, put all my hype in behind that game. Yeah. <laughs> And like I said, I, I'm not hyping it, but I just thought it looked really cool. And I'd love to yeah. play. I'd love to play a uh, a Christian game where you can go do that sort of stuff. But we'll get to that maybe in a later episode. Um, and Steve, maybe if you haven't seen this, I want you to look this up, and I want to hear your thoughts before the end of the episode. Uh, okay. The Shadow of Mordor. 
was one of the games. I've, I've heard of it before. Okay. I want to I go like watch a trailer or two or something and I want to get your thoughts because this is a Lord of the Rings game but it's like are they mm-hmm. do you know anything about this Lucas are they just making this stuff up? Oh yeah. They're just making Oh it yeah. Up? Um no 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 they're not. Um well in a sense they are. Uh, Shadow of Mordor was the first one. It was really good. It took it took some of the, actually it played a lot like um uh, it's kind of a mix of Assassin's Creed and the Batman Arkham games which was cool. And uh it it was actually set they said it was kind of canon, but I think they've kind of uh, they kind of gone a little bit, maybe a little off canon. But especially with the new one, the new one, uh, Shadow of War is definitely uh, definitely I, I can't see canon in this one. But uh, with a new ring being made and stuff, but but it's really fun. I mean, they do capture the characters of uh, the Lord of the Rings. They capture the setting very well. Uh, it looks like a blast. The first one was very fun. I, I really enjoyed the first one. It has something very unique that I'm, I'm surprised other game companies have not jumped on, and that was that Nemesis system, which essentially allowed you to create your own Nemesis, depending. I mean, you can go and you kill this orc, and maybe he didn't die. So he comes back, or he kills you, and you're able to come back from the dead uh, or whatever, and now he's got this vendetta against you, or he's um, he's calling you out in a fight. and just It was very cool, and then all the orcs were kind of... Uh, generated just like just randomly kind of just boom you don't know what you're gonna make kind of thing and it was it was very cool um, I, I like the nemesis system and in the shadow wars what they showed off here at e3 of 2017 and it's definitely a uh, upgraded nemesis system I'm very excited about this they actually have fortresses now that you can uh, storm and conquer which I thought was really cool um, I guess apparently the elf who's with you the spirit elf and uh, forgive me, I, I can't remember all their names right now. But uh, he's he's actually the one who made the original ring uh, that Sauron's after. And so uh, he's made a new, new ring for you, and you become the Bright Lord, uh, creating your own army and raising up your own army to take on Sauron. Um, and remember, you know, Sauron's forces are – they killed your family in the first game. So your character is consumed with revenge, the elf guy. He's consumed with revenge because he was betrayed by Sauron. So um, – you're you're kind of you're building this army to uh, basically save the world of men, but I'm kind of wondering though. You know, the rings of power have been known to um, corrupt those who wear them, so I'm wondering if uh, your main character is going to be corrupted throughout this game, and uh, okay, I so, wonder if that's kind of how it plays out. So he's not evil. Not at first. Your guy's not evil right now, but he yeah, evil. he's been a good guy. Yeah, I'm wondering if he's gonna. I wonder if that's what's gonna happen because you know this is taking place right before um, the Fellowship of the Ring. So oh, obviously know. he's he's not gonna kill Sauron, right? He can't. So something's gonna happen, right? And so I'm wondering if uh, if he ends up getting so consumed with his revenge and thirst for vengeance and whatnot that the Ring itself just kind of betrays him. And uh, I'm kind of wondering what happens to him. But the game looks really fun. It has some really cool mechanics. They, the trailer they showed off was, was hilarious. Um, the orc guy they showed up was great. They have the humor that's in that game, which is fun. Um, it's, it definitely looks like a, a lot of fun to play, and it's on my radar. Um, I think it's going to be really good. It got pushed back. It was supposed to come out in August, but it's been pushed back to October. Okay. Now, is this connected to uh, Peter Jackson, that type of a uh, thing, or is it, you know, what's it, what's it oh, coming Oh, man. From? Originally, it was coming, uh, it was connected to the books, uh, the first game. It was supposed to be, um, but I already know, uh, I mean, they're going to be Lord of the Rings fans who are going to be yelling at me. I mean, one of, the, one of the things they do is they call a dragon a drake, and they kind of go back and forth, and yeah, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of little things. 
it, I feel like they've it's kind of started based in the books, you know, and they've kind of, you know, been very, um, oh, man, they kind of go past the boundaries a little bit and kind of make their own thing going on. Um, well, they definitely have the visuals from the movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. The visuals are straight from the movies. Um, but and, is that uh, is that because they're attached to Wingnut Productions or is it, you know, what's... I believe oh, they're, they're attached to Warner Brothers, so... Okay, um, all right, all right. Yeah. And and they they do have um, they have been they've been drawing from the books. There are characters from the books and the movies that are in, in the game, um, but um, they've been they're very um, they they have license, uh, creative license to kind of do what they want in some ways. So th- I think they're definitely using that. So if you're not if you're okay with playing a game that kind of takes some liberty here with with the Lord of the Rings mythology, then it it would be a great game if you're a Lord of the Rings fan. Now if you are very strict with the books you might get a little angry at a few of the things that happen so uh it just just kind of take caution but i like it though because I, I love lord of the rings and it's just you know it's obviously that um centerpiece fantasy novel and the game was really fun it unlike unlike um assassin's creed which i felt kind of got sort of repetitive uh, very repetitive i would say um this game was it just felt fresh i think the nemesis system had a lot to do with that and I, I like that they've upgraded this nemesis system where you can actually have your own bodyguards and your own minions, and they can betray you, or they can save your life. And I think that's that's really cool. So this guy, he might he might kill me. I don't know. He's an orc. He might get me. <laughs> so I better watch him. You know. I think that's kind of cool. It's different. It's fresh. And yeah, I the this, huh? the, the trailer the trailer really looks like you're, you know, you're you're playing a, like a side part of the movie, mm-hmm. or you know, maybe like you said before before it actually begins. Um. So yeah, I mean that. From that viewpoint, I think it's it's kind of cool, especially if, if people just like the the sense of the movie and they don't they're not really fans of the book. Um, of course, if you're a fan of the book and you're watching the movies, you know you're going to immediately jump out of your seat and say, "Where's Tom Bombadil?" And of course, <laughs> yes, the, I mean all the other stuff that, that they just completely left out. Um, I know or conflated or you know whatever. But I mean that's that's how they make movies. That's how they make movies out of books. They put things together. I mean, in Shadowlands, you know, uh, uh, C.S. Lewis had one son because, you know, they thought having two sons like he had in real life would sort of clutter up the scene. It's like, but, <laughs> you know, but he had two sons. <laughs> but, you um, know, let, let, you know there's, things- there, there's one thing on, on that. I, I just want to comment on this because that is very true. But um, there is a TV series. It was with Colin Firth. Pride and Prejudice, mm-hmm. and it got the book ninety nine percent accurate. Yeah, it was, it was a fantastic. It can be done. They can do it. They can actually. They can actually take the book and just go by the book and make a great movie. It can happen. They can, but they almost never do. So <laughs> I don't know why. So I mean, I, I mean, uh, obviously the the Hobbit movies were so far out of what you would call canon um, <laughs> that it they were basically loosely based on the Hobbit. Um, but of course, you know the the Rankin and Bass cartoon is loosely based on it as well. So I mean, what are you gonna do? But um, you know, there's a it, it it I guess it just depends on what you like. If you don't mind people toying with the original uh, stuff, then you know go for it. It looks like it it would be a fantastic play. All right, uh, let's move on to Ubisoft. Ubisoft, however you say it. Um, oh, actually, uh, Beth- Bethesda was next. I oh, think. Bethesda. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Bethesda. Sorry, I'm pushing the name. That's all right. <laughs> there was uh, 
absolutely nothing Ugh. that I liked about this conference. So I have no notes Oof. on Bethesda. <laughs> I, wow. I uh, man, I tell you, and they're hearing it already on Twitter and social media. So uh, it, it was definitely a major letdown. I was very disappointed with that whole conference. Um, I just felt like they could have just phoned that in and not even show up. Maybe just do a little broadcast and just, just you know, whatever. But um, it, and you know, we got three new versions of Skyrim, a game that's six years old. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness. And then um, uh, we had Wolfenstein. Now Wolfenstein, I can't get into the game. It's just, it's too gory. It's too profane for me. Yeah. I, I just, I, it's just too much. I can't do that. And, or Doom. Um, yeah, oh, Doom, yeah, I, I'm not a big, I'm not a horror fan. I don't like scary games. I just, they're not whatever, you know. Um, someone might like the, I think it was The Evil Within 2. To me, I was like, eh, whatever, I don't, not interested. Um, I was really sad because I do like their Elder Scroll games. I'm a big Elder Scroll fan. Um, however, you know, it's been like six years, going on seven years since we've had an Elder Scrolls game. Um, it's the longest wait we've ever had on an Elder Scrolls game, and I think people are getting a bit impatient. They have this online version, like this MMO. Um, it, no one likes it, <laughs> or at least at least most of the fans <laughs> don't like it. So no offense, but uh, I don't like it. Um, but I mean, it's it's just it, it was a really disappointing. I, I, in fact, I just I know they they actually released a couple of DLC pieces that would be cool for Dishonored Two. I thought was cool, but. Um, I was just so disappointed by the conference. I just kind of walked away like, eh, oh, whatever, and just sort of blocked it up. Wow. So I don't blame you for not taking any notes on it. <laughs> yeah, I I'm not a fan of I don't think any of their any of their franchises that they're famous for. Um, so yeah, I I like skipped through a lot of their their conferences. No worries. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so Ubisoft is next. Mm. What stood out mm. to you there? Um, that was kind of a different conference. It, what stood out to me there was that really awkward dancing right in the middle of the conference. Yes, <laughs> that was so strange. Because they, well, I think they did it last year too. They they do uh, they make the just dance games, right? So in yes, the in the middle, they brought out live dancers who who danced. <laughs> and it's really awkward. This one had a panda, I think, with a beard, right, or something like I, that. <laughs> I, I don't remember that. <laughs> it was it was weird. It was weird. Wow. Um, you know, they they did have some stuff though. Um, I really enjoyed. Um, well, at first I enjoyed it until uh, Skull and Bones. Uh, it looked really good, and um, it had that naval combat, be a pirate, kind of like Sea of Thieves, but maybe more of a realistic look. Um, however, later on I found out you can't leave the ship. It's all naval combat, and all of the like with ship to ship combat when you go into the ship to have a big sword fight. Yeah. It's basically all automated. Oh, so I was like, oh, man. And that game, I, I love being a pirate, man. I mean, pirates is awesome. But no, it can't be a pirate, really. Just kind of ship battles, which is cool, I guess. But just not really not really all that into it. Um, of course, they, they showed off again Assassin's Creed Origins, which, you know, we talked about that already. Um, I was kind of, I was disappointed. They, they're known for Tom Clancy games, you know, the Tom Clancy books. Um they have a number of games based on his books, and one of my favorite games actually is made by them. It's a Splinter Cell, which is a stealth spy game, and uh, I was really sad that it, it didn't make an appearance. Okay, so the big appearance, though, at that game, if I don't talk about this, uh, we might get some gamers out there that yell at me. Uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2. Um, this is a game that's been in development, I think, for 15 years. It's, it's insane. Um, wow. uh, the, the trailer uh, was intense. 
Um, you know, it uh, it's the first one is definitely very beloved. It's uh, it, it was a very uh, by by you know, the gaming community. Uh, it was a very good game. It, did, it had a did lot. Did the of first stuff. one have that much language? No, uh, not that I recall. Uh, the language is pretty. It was pretty intense. That oh trailer was goodness. pretty intense. Yeah, just the trailer. Uh, so I'm probably not going to play this one. <laughs> Uh, it, you get to be you create your own character, your own space pirate, your own ship, and your own crew. However, the the problem with this, and yeah, it was it was a cool announcement, I guess. But I mean, again, it, it comes back to Anthem too, where I really want to see gameplay. I want to see this gameplay. I, I don't get high, man. I guess just some of the past games that I've dealt with, like Mass Effect Andromeda this year, for instance. Um, or Watch Dogs a couple years ago, um, you know, you see this game, you get hyped up for it, then it comes out and like, oh, what is this, you know? And um, so I don't get myself hyped up. I'm more skeptical now. And, and even that game, I know there's a, it has a huge fan base, but I'm like, eh. and then you're right, the, the language stood out to me too. I, I, I think it could have done without that. Um, this is just my own viewpoint as as a writer. I feel that um, oftentimes when when uh, writers use language like that i feel like i just feel like it's lazy writing there's other ways yes, to do it yes it is and um i know i get a lot of uh, heat for that from other writers but i just feel it's lazy there's other other things you can do you know and uh, you, you can you can do other things and, and do that and uh, be more imaginative but uh anyway yeah uh beyond good and evil 2 though um it is exciting for a lot of gamers they are very excited about it um I'm, you know, kind of okay. That that could be interesting, but let's let's see it play first before it, it's far. It, we're talking about a game that we saw that we probably won't actually see a gameplay of for at least a couple of years, if not longer. I mean, we're this is the very beginning stages of that game, so I, I'm not expecting anything on that game uh, in the near horizon at all. Do you think it will come out before or after the Final Fantasy VII remake? Oh my goodness! Um, well, Kingdom Hearts three. <laughs> I don't know. Or Elder Scrolls six at this point. I, you know, that's a good question. I feel like these games are like uh, th- those four in particular are kind of like well, they're, they're, they announce them, and then we just don't hear for, about them for years and <laughs> kind of forget about them. You know. How long has it been um, since Kingdom Hearts two? Ooh, that's see, um, man. See, Beyond Good and Evil is fifteen years. Elder Scrolls six is six years since we were, since Elder Scrolls five. Um, I think Kingdom Hearts 2 is 12 years now. 2005, so yep. Yeah, I think it's wild. Yeah, 12. And I, the last I heard, we may not even, we may see that game in three years from now, in 2020. So I'm like, you know, <laughs> I, I, man, that game. I know. Don't get me wrong. Kingdom Hearts 3, it looks really good. They showed a brief trailer at E3, but I'm like. I don't want to get my hopes up for that because it's kind of like a, a fairy tale or unicorn. I'm never really going to see it. <laughs> it's just going to be <laughs> yeah. yep. dangling in front of me, but I'm never going to see it. So That sounds about right. What did you think of that Mario crossover game? Oh, you know, I actually – I you know before, before I saw the gameplay, uh, I was very skeptical about it, to say the least. Um, then I saw it, and actually, I don't know what it is about Mario – but he's just cool. I, <laughs> and when I see Mario, and the, the game is different, obviously. It's not a platformer. It's more like a XCOM game, Very a lot of strategy in the combat and whatnot. Uh, it's definitely I, I different. I thought it was very similar to like Heroclix or tabletop gaming. Yes, very much, yes, but yes. But fast-paced. Very, very fast-paced. I like the animations, too. are kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I, was I just kind of liked it. I was in the same boat because I'm like, I don't care about the rabbits at all. <laughs> so no, no. it's it's Mario characters crossing over with the Rabbids characters from the Raymond series, and now the Rabbids have become more popular than Raymond. So 
whatever. <laughs> so now they're crossing over, and I'm just like, okay, that's weird. I don't care. But then, like like Lucas was saying, the gameplay looks really. I was like, oh, stink! It looks good because I don't have a, I don't have a Switch. I'm not gonna get a Switch. I just got the Wii U, and then they announced the Switch. <laughs> Um, but I, I will, I will say though, that I do love it when other companies get a hold of Nintendo's IP because for the most part, yes. Yeah. Because Nintendo, God bless them. They, they have some great IP, but their games sometimes it's just like, oh, it's another Kirby game. It's the same as all the other Kirby games, but this time he's made out of yarn. Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! You know, and it's it's Yoshi. It's exactly the same as all the other Yoshi games, but this time he's made out of cardboard. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, okay, thanks Nintendo for another great game. But well, I, I and I know some people like those things. It's keeping it classic, whatever. But this looks this looks fresh. This looks new. It looks fun with Mario. I I've never played Super Mario RPG, but Square Enix or, or SquareSoft, as they were known back then, they got a hold of Mario and they made this really cool Final Fantasy style RPG with Mario characters. It's awesome. It's cool. Um, yeah. The the Dynasty Warriors guys got a hold of Legend of Zelda and they made Hyrule Warriors. It's awesome. It's a love letter to Legend of Zelda's fans. And that's another thing about Nintendo is they're very stingy with their fan service. Like, oh yeah, just we're not going to give it to you. <laughs> like, you know mm-hmm. what you want, fans? We're going to do the exact opposite of what you want because we're Nintendo. We don't listen to nobody. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So I love it when uh, other companies get to use the stuff because. They're like, you know what? We're fans too, and we're gonna give the fans what they want. Um, sorry, that was my rant. No, it's okay. You know, uh, interesting story about Nintendo. Um, back when I was eighteen, I uh, had written them a letter asking them if they would allow me or how I could be a writer for them. I would. Not even want to write games. I wanted to write a novel based on Zelda, and uh, they were nice enough to write me back. Cool. And they said that uh, they don't they don't actually have writers that do that. They don't want any writers that, to test their stuff. They're kind of protective about it. But they, they thanked me for it and stuff. But that's actually what inspired me to do my own thing. So um, I always come back to that. Um, with Nintendo, you know, it's an interesting point, though. Uh, Nintendo, this generation, especially with the Switch, they, for their first-party titles anyway, they're actually taking a lot of risks. And we saw that at their conference. Like Zelda Breath of the Wild was a huge risk for them. It paid off. I, um, I personally haven't had a chance to play it yet. I want to. Dude, but um, I played it. I beat it. Amazing. Maybe the best video game ever. Oh, Maybe. Okay. Wow. I want to play that. <laughs> I really want to play that. <laughs> um, well, Super Mario Odyssey, uh, it looked, it, you got this hat. You could take control of a T-Rex. I want to take control of a T-Rex. I'm sorry. That's going to be like my highlight. I want a T-Rex. You, anything that hat takes over. I heard someone do a, a meme saying, uh, because uh, he could take over that, and when he puts his hat on, Mario could take over. But then, what if Mario was possessed by the old owner of the hat? I mean, that, that's an interesting conspiracy. We don't know, right? Oh, that's creepy. But um, but it's 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 really cool. It, it looked different. It looked very different, and I'm hoping it it pays off. But they seem to be taking some risks. I like that, and I think this Mario versus Rapids, uh, it it looked it looked really good. I, yeah. I actually I actually liked it. I, I wouldn't mind playing it. Another thing that uh, that I'm just wary of Nintendo is. Because a lot of the times they try to introduce innovative new controls, you know. <laughs> that, well, the other people focus on like awesome, 
um, you know, stories or graphical upgrades. Not Nintendo. Nope. New innovative controls. And sometimes they are awesome, and sometimes they completely ruin good games. Everything. Like yes. Star, the newest Star Fox games, which is basically an HD overhaul remake of their most popular Star Fox game, Star Fox 64. Mm-hmm. Rented that thing. It was super fun. Got to the boss fight. Innovative new controls and unplayable. Oh. Unplayable. Yeah. <laughs> I, c- I couldn't get past the first level. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I quit. It was terrible. Sorry. You know, I'm passionate um, about this. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. You know, my, I, the thing I appreciated about Microsoft this year was they didn't push virtual reality down anyone's throat. Mm. They just like, you know, we're taking a back seat. You guys want to play virtual reality? Go for it. We don't think it's ready for anybody. We like the HoloLens. It's pretty sweet, um, but we're going to work on that. And that's. I feel like the HoloLens is more geared towards the professional industry, such as like, you know, architects and scientists and um you know, doctors. I think that's going to be really sweet, honestly, the holograms and whatnot. But, you know, virtual reality, I'm not a huge fan of. I'm really glad. I'm actually glad also that Nintendo decided not to go down the virtual reality route. Um, I know Sony is, but they, they push it pretty hard. But um, I'm actually glad. I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm not a big fan of virtual reality. I get a headache wearing the lens, whatever. Uh, I, I tested it once in a, in a Best Buy. I <laughs> didn't like it. But, um, you know, I, I like, you know, with Nintendo with the Switch, they, they, it was some innovative things, but you're right. They didn't push it, though, too far. Like, I think they pushed it way too far with the Wii U and with the Wii. And um, I think it backfired on them, and they, they kind of... They, they, they're, being more, they're taking more risks with their IP in the right ways. Not with this, like, crazy gimmick-like technology, but, hey, let's make Zelda open world, and let's make it open world and, like hey, your weapons can break, and hey, um, you can get tired if you're climbing up a mountain, and uh, you got to be careful of your stamina because you could drown while you're swimming, so you gotta, you got to be careful, that kind of stuff. Like, oh, that's interesting. That's different, you know? Uh, let's take Mario and put him in the real world in, like, New York, and he can go to other kingdoms, and his hat can take over things. Hey, that's that's a different new mechanic with that hat going on there. And I think that that's the way you should do it, you know, not just, hey, here's a connect. Oh, I hated the connect. <laughs> Yeah. Um, All right, so we've got Sony and Nintendo left. We already talked a lot about Nintendo. Um, For Sony, okay, um, Mm. it was Shadow of the Colossus, Mm -hmm. a a complete HD remake, and uh, Ben's not here, but that is his favorite video game ever. Mm. And so I'm sure he is excited about that. Maybe I don't know. He let me borrow the game. I played it for like 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> but you know, for me, it gave me a headache because uh, it was the PlayStation 2 graphics, but it was like innovative PlayStation 2 graphics where they're adding in motion blur on the PlayStation mm. 2. And uh, I'm sure at the time it was really cool, but man, it g- gave me a headache. So. <laughs> I'd be I'd be excited to check it out. Um, now that it's you know got the new graphic update. Problem is I think it's only for PlayStation and I don't have one. Yeah. So. And then we have uh, that new Spider-Man yeah. game, mm-hmm. which looks pretty cool. It's, like the gameplay, it looks uh, just like Batman Arkham, uh, except mm-hmm. more cinematic, which yeah. is really cool. Go check out. They, they have like ten minutes of gameplay online guys go check it out because it's like seamless from gameplay to cinematic sequence it's like you're in you're playing a spider-man movie 
it's really cool. Yeah. Also not going to be able to play that one. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> All right. And then uh, I know we talked about this one last year, which was uh, Detroit the Game. Detroit the Game. That's not what it's called. It's called Detroit <laughs> Become Human. Um, yes. Which is, we talked about this last year, I think. It's a interactive, innovative, choose-your-own-adventure story. Yes. Which, okay. So, like, you're playing this game. It's, like, about uh, androids who are, you know, you're the they're created in the image of man and they're the servants for mankind, but they kind of gain sentience and are trying to, like, uprise from human control. So it's kind of neat. Um... And so basically, like, you can, if you're going to break some people out of jail, you have all these options of what you want to do. Like, you can either use violence or you can use trickery or whatever. And all your, uh, you know, choices have lasting impact on the rest of the world in the game and all this stuff. So it's, it's a really cool, it's like the ultimate uh, evolution of the choose your own adventure story, basically. Uh, now, Luke, cool. is, it, is it me or did they change the story on us? No, they didn't. There's actually uh, just different characters you can play from oh. a viewpoint on that game. Because in the, um, the first trailer we saw, we're like a, a android detective. detective, which seemed mm-hmm. really sweet. And, they, uh, and the gameplay, see, I actually didn't, the, the trailer they showed in at the conference, to me, was underwhelming. But yeah. then they showed gameplay later on of the detective. That detect, the detective is awesome. I think that, wow, you know, you can actually recreate entire crime scenes. You have multiple options. There's just hundreds of options being thrown at you um i wish the whole game was just like that it just reminded me like of a futuristic la noir or something like that just it was really cool and your decisions affected the outcome of this hostage situation because there's an android at the top of the building that has a little girl in his hand that has a gun to her head and how you you all the choices you make are going to determine how this whole scenario plays out and i thought wow that's that's intense that and then they showed the gameplay again. They actually showed a lot more of the gameplay than they did last year of the same scenario, and it was fantastic. I, I actually really liked it. Now David Cage, he's the producer of the game. He is known for games like Heavy Rain. Uh, he's known for having great big concepts that are just brilliant. He's also known for not being able to deliver on the gameplay aspect. So I'm a little cautious on. I don't know what's going to happen here. The the trailer they showed now Sony. I think the big thing about Sony is you actually touched on this earlier. A lot of their games are just looking so similar. It was hard to tell some of the games apart. Hmm. Um, I mean, we went from Horizon Zero Dawn, which I actually liked that game a lot. Horizon Zero Dawn was fantastic, but it went from there. We went right into State of Decay. Um, oh no, sorry, Days Gone. My bad. It's dead, Days Gone, um, which is that zombie thing with the zombies running everywhere, and then we we just kind of drifted right into you know we had God of War, and just, I mean all these games just they started to look alike. It was the same kind of feel and vibe to it in a lot of ways, and, yep. and I felt. And then when we got to the trailer here for Detroit Become Human, uh, we had you're kind of like a, a civil rights activist for androids, and uh, it was it was different. Um, I just don't know. I don't know how that is going to play out, how well it's going to be done, if it's handled carefully, if the gameplay is fun and engaging, it could be very, very well done and very cool. Otherwise, it could fall apart and you're mostly just sitting there watching a movie and you press a button every now and then, which wouldn't really be all that fun. So I, I'm kind of curious how that one's going to turn out. The detective stuff is fantastic, though. I, I, I really enjoy that part. Cool. Um, all right. Anything else in the conferences? Because we covered Nintendo, oh. I think. 
Yeah, um, well, let me talk a little more about Sony, I guess. There's a, there's a couple things that I thought were kind of cool. Uh, Monster Hunter. So for gamers, Monster Hunter is a big deal because it's been portable for years. Uh, it has been on consoles for some time. And so that Monster Hunter is coming to the Xbox and PS4 is a big deal to them. Um, it looked pretty cool. I mean, hunting the strange-looking T-Rex was kind of kind of interesting. I am kind of excited to see more about that. I hear it's going to be four-player co-op. You can drop in and out, and uh, you're on a big, gigantic island hunting a bunch of monsters, and I thought that would be kind of cool. Um, the And then, of course, Spider-Man. Um, when I saw the trailer, it did look really good. I was kind of worried that there was going to be too many quick-time events which you just kind of just you know press triangle now press the circle now press the x button and it would take you out of the game uh what i've been told is though insomniac who's making the game they said those events are actually few and far between you're going to be able to swing around the city you have freedom around the whole city um where it's a lot of action it's going to be a lot of comedy we, we're capturing the character spider-man we have a lot of villains in the game so it actually got me even more excited because spider-man is one of my favorite characters i i love spider-man um the one thing i'm glad they're not trying to make spider-man batman which I think is what they messed up in the DC movies with Man of Steel. That's another story. But um, <laughs> they, they, they're not making him dark and broody. No, they're, they're making Spider-Man Spider-Man, where he's that young kid. He's he's sarcastic. He's having fun. He's enjoying uh, you know swinging around buildings and stuff. So Spider-Man, I, I agree with you. I think Spider-Man looked fantastic. And um, real, and then the Shadow of Colossus. Uh, I was glad it was not just going to be a remaster. It's being remade from the ground up for the yeah. PS4. That that is actually pretty cool. Um, you know, I actually skipped the Shadow of Colossus. I didn't play it. So I'm kind of excited <laughs> to give that a chance. Um, uh, other than that, though, I thought Sony's conference was pretty weak. Um, like I said, they, they showed a, basically everything they just showed last year. Uh, God of War still looks – it looks good. It just um, – it's just more of the same. And the games kind of felt like they kind of all blended together. Um, and just – in, if you watch videos of the conference, you saw the crowd. They just were not into anything they yeah. were showing, and that's you know it, it kind of rubbed off on me too. I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, ah, you know, it does not, you know, show something different. You know, kind of surprised me, wowed me something. You know, at least what Xbox did is they um, they showed they did show 42 games. They showed a lot of unique art styles, and Nintendo got me hyped with Metro Prime and uh, Metro Prime 4 Return of Samus. So I love Metro. I'm a huge Metroid fan. So, um, you know, they, they showed some cool stuff though. They kind of, you know, some color. I think they need to learn to color their games a bit more too. On, <laughs> and so, on Metroid they showed color? No, 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 no. It's the Sony conference with the Sony games. Oh, okay. Uh, I just felt like it was the same color scheme for so many games, the same black, yeah. you know, and I, I was like, man, Give me something a bit different. I don't want to play the post-apocalypse every single time yep. I play a game. <laughs> I was going to say, like, Metroid, didn't they just show the title? <laughs> well, for to... Metroid Prime, they did. Now, Return to Samus, one of my games as a little kid, when I was like six, um, no, I might have been eight. I was like eight or nine. I had a Game Boy, and the big game I played for years was Metroid 2. It took me forever to get all those Metroids. I did finally. I did. It took me like two or three years. And Return of Samus is a complete remastering and reimagining of Metroid 2. So I'm like, oh, dude, that is sick. That's awesome. That's Very awesome. Cool. Nintendo is doing it. I'm excited about it. And then, yeah, we only got a little trailer for Metroid Prime 4, but... Uh, the Metroid Prime, game, Metroid, Metroid Prime games were fantastic. The original trilogy was very, very well done. This is actually being made by a different studio, so there is a little bit of a caution there. This mm -hmm. is not Retro Studios that's making it. But still, it's exciting that you know for a long time, 
neglecting a Metroid. And the reason they had been, this is one of those rare occasions when Nintendo uh, lent out a license to one of their franchises, which in this case was Metroid. They had lent it out, and there was a very horrible game. We won't even mention the name of the game because it was that bad. And uh, <laughs> it was a Metroid game, though. It was made by another company, and it was it was pretty bad. Not very well received at all. So Nintendo kind of let Metroid, um, I don't know, kind of put them on the shelf for a while. So people were kind of concerned that they were done with Metroid or something, or at least they weren't giving it the proper love it needed. So they're bringing it back in a big way. We're getting Return of Samus this year at next E3. I'm sure we're going to see some big-time gameplay of Metroid Prime 4. I think the biggest thing in Nintendo's conference was them saying, hey, listen, we are totally supporting the switch we're totally supporting our system we're going all in 100 percent. the caution i take away from their conference they didn't have a lot of third-party support yep and that is worrisome to me and well, so they that's, haven't had that since be... since like the gamecube the gamecube yep yeah. that's right it's very true <laughs> so uh, another nit to pick for me with you Nintendo. know uh, <laughs> i should go going back to um to well, there's two games actually I want to cover. Uh, one was from Sony's conference, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Oh, nice, yes. Um, I personally, I guess I saw some gameplay. Now, this is because I, I, I've seen so much of Injustice 2, but believe it or not, I've always enjoyed the Street Fighter mechanics so much better than the Mortal Kombat-like mechanics. But Injustice 2 just nailed the superhero genre. They did a great... The story is fantastic. Mm. It's actually better than most of the uh, DC movies and Marvel movies. It's up there with the Marvel movies, well, in, you know? Injustice 1 story was like... Ooh. That was DC Avengers, the movie. I mean, yes. I mean, it was great. It's what we should have got. It's <laughs> great. It was fantastic. And then Marvel versus Capcom actually was... It's one of my disappointments of the, of the conference. I just... The, it seemed like a, the graphics have been downgraded. Um... It just, I don't know, it's just kind of boring. Like, I, I, the story doesn't seem like it's that great. Um, and so I was kind of disappointed by that. And then going to the Microsoft conference, a game that really disappointed me was Crackdown 3. Um, it just didn't look that great. And I know originally they said you can destroy entire buildings and it's all destructible. I guess that's not going to take place in the single player version of the game, which makes me sad because uh, that was kind of the big selling point of that game. Um, Crackdown 1 was very good. I really enjoyed that one. Did not like Crackdown 2. Crackdown 3 just reminds me so much of Crackdown 2, so I don't know if it's actually going to be any good. Uh, and those are a couple of my disappointments of the, of the conference. And those two conferences, the Microsoft and the Sony one, uh, were uh, Crackdown 3 and, and Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Let me tell you a sad video game story. <laughs> so back in the day, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 was only available on... Uh, arcade right with yeah. only a limited release of the playstation 2 version so i really wanted to play it like a lot so i found it online the the ps2 version and i bought it for like 112 dollars oh wow yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. My. i was i was That's a teenager a <laughs> with my first job and more money than i knew what to do with so i bought that thing went and played it it's okay and and then I found that it it came out for like wide release for like twenty five bucks or something later like a year or two later I was like ah but the the character animations on that game that that's one of the was the main draw it's so cool looking uh, how they render all the characters and so hopefully at least they get that right for Marvel vs Capcom three 
Um, or is it four? Uh, ooh, this would be number four, this I believe. Four. Okay, yeah. And they've actually yeah. got a, a story mode, the cinematics and everything, so there's that. Um, can I talk about a couple other games that actually were not at these main conferences? Sure. Um, there were some games that were actually pretty cool that were not shown in the main conferences, and I kind of wish they were. Um, one of those games, I think, has one of the most interesting premises I've, I've heard in a game in quite a while. Um, it's, it's called Vampire, but it's a V-A-M-P-Y-R, so it's spelled kind of weird. Um, it's, it's actually a really cool uh, concept. You start off as a doctor. You're in a London that's been overrun by a plague of essentially vampires. There's vampires, uh, diseases spreading. And someone turns you into a vampire. And so now through this game, you're trying to find out who it was that turned you into a vampire. And you have that choice of whether you as a doctor are going to be saving lives or taking lives. Are you going to give in to being a vampire or are you going to uh, try to cling to humanity as much as possible Hmm. as you save lives and find the person who turned you into a vampire and find out why? Um, the game looked good. Now, the, the, the mechanics are still kind of there. It's still kind of rough, and I think it still has a little ways to go. But what I saw of this game was was the concept. Just, it has me captured. I'm like, ah, this, this could be something really cool. <laughs> cool. I mean, uh, I'm not going to play because I don't oh. like vampires. <laughs> but <laughs> Well, Twilight, is a, that's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, the next game I thought that was really good was Extinction, and uh, Ben might like this one because it's kind of like Shadow of Colossus, but um, replace the big old titans with uh, orcs <laughs> and orc ogres. And you are this uh, warrior who is trying to uh, keep humanity from... Uh, it's, it's actually facing extinction because of these gigantic 150-foot-tall monsters that are you know, monsters that are just traveling around, destroying everything, and you're the last warrior left that can take them out. And that game looked really good. It's in pre-alpha, so it's still a couple years away. Um, but the gameplay demonstration, you can see that on uh, YouTube. They have like a 21-minute demonstration of the game. Uh, it was really good. I, I liked what I saw. What they had uh, was, was very good. Um, and one other game that I wanted to mention was called Absolver. So Absolver is very unique. Uh, it's a fighting game. And it's uh, in an open world. And the big thing about it, it takes multiple fighting systems so everything from brazilian jiu-jitsu to you know muay thai just all kinds of different fighting systems and it's putting it into this game and your character can learn and it can actually you can get yourself a mentor in the game and you're wandering around you're, you're fighting the computer you're fighting other players and you're learning these martial arts as, you, as you're going through it and you can meditate on this and learn combos the big the big problem with the game is the complexity I don't know if the learning curve is going to be... It might just be too high for a lot of people, and that might just kill off the game. I don't know. But from what I've seen of the game, it is uh, very well done. It might be one of the most unique fighting games ever made when it is complete. Um, whether or not it becomes successful, again, will depend on that learning curve and how well they're able to relate to players who don't know how to play, who come in. Like Steve, you know, how well you can just pick yeah. up that controller and actually know what in the world you're doing. It looks like a lot of fun, but if the learning curve is just like, what in the world? You know, even I'm sitting there like, I don't even know if I could figure it out. (laughs) And uh, one last game I want to mention, and the reason I want to mention this one is this is almost my game of the show. It almost takes up Anthem. In fact, I put them side by side. And this was not shown at any of the main conferences, but it's Total War Warhammer 2. And... 
Um, I'm a big RTS fan. I love the old Command and Conquers um, and uh, the the Warcraft, not the MMO World of Warcraft, but the actual Warcraft. And and uh, I, I love those games. They're fun. They're like they they just remind me of chess. And Total War Warhammer 2 is like a fantasy uh, fans like biggest dream come true. It, it looks amazing. It it connects to the first Warhammer. The maps connect, so it gets even bigger. Gigantic map, multiple races, everything from lizard men and, and these rat dudes, the Skaven, I believe they're called, and and you got the elves and you got the dark elves and uh, dude, it's got you got the the dwarves in there and the humans and the wizards and the dragons. It's it's ama- It's epic. I, anyone that's interested in RTS real time strategy games, check. Out the trailer they have they have loads of trailers they're like 30 45 minutes each you can just watch this game and play it's beautiful it looks amazing it looks like a lot of fun it's very well done the battles are epic um, yeah it's one of my favorite games of the whole e3 <laughs> cool and my wow. wife and I like to play uh, Halo Wars oh yeah it's like it's like that it's a little more complex <laughs> cool all right. Well, that's our E3 coverage for 2017. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Steve. Yes. Spiritual application. Spiritual application is um, there's a real world out there, and <laughs> yes. it's not based on subjective logic and subjective morals uh, like many of these video games. I'm not going to lump them all in together. Obviously, there's some that are better than others. But whatever you do in these video games, it still means something in the real world. Mm-hmm. And whatever you do in the real world matters. So there you have it. You know, nice. some people say it's some people say it's virtual reality. Even virtual reality is reality. Mm-hmm. And it's all God's reality. Yeah. Um, can I just add there, too? I mean, um, you know, time, your time matters. So don't squander it. Your opportunities matter. Don't squander them. Right. Time is a resource that once it's gone, there's no refunds. So <laughs> even when you're sitting there playing a game, I mean, you know, make sure it's it's worth your time and worth your investment. For instance, we mentioned that Wolfenstein game. That, that's going to be a popular game for a lot of people. But... I mean, do I want that stuff in my head? No. Do I want all the curse words? And, that was just a weird game. Um, do I want all that stuff? No, no, not really. Is that worth my time? No, I can spend my time on something a lot better than that. So I I just, you know, value your time and uh, what it is you do with the opportunities that are presented before you that um, you find that are presented to you. Uh, don't squander them. You never know. We don't know. Yep, yep. <laughs> Whether we have a day or a year left, we, we never know. So. Yep. And I'll add my thing. If you even if you do decide to spend time playing video games, which I do from time to time, uh, make sure mm-hmm. you not only use you know use that time to either you know relax or whatever you want to do with that time, but then you're taking in these things from this game or even your experience playing. And try to use that you know in a way that's beneficial to you or to others or for the glory of God even. Uh, Sometimes I, you know, I can I can take stuff I do in video games and turn it into a sermon illustration, or I can use it to relate to somebody else who loves the video games and uh, deepen that bond or friendship, or you know, something like that. So, yeah, good stuff, guys. Good stuff. All right. Well, any last words before we sign off here? Those were my last words. All right. <laughs> 
Lucas, were those your last words? Those were my last words. <laughs> all right. Well, then, I guess all there's left to say is thank you for listening, and may God quickly move you along the path that you are on. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Steve MacDonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you will find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers. Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening. Innovative new controls.